Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Now with ghosts, some more. Yeah, <laughs> but these are not the friendly ghosts. No, they're Casper, definitely not Casper. These are not. <laughs> yeah, but it's like his uncles or something, like Casper's uncles yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. three uncles. I see. Mm-hmm. So it's the four uncles this time. So much more horror <laughs> ghosts, much less Canterbury ghosts. Mm-hmm. Sadly, yes. So, yeah, when last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers, deep inside of the sightless sphinx, the party having allied themselves with the Lady Sophronia, a uh, ghost paladin of Serenray, part of the Templars of Serenray that took a, took the fight to the cult here in the desert some century ago. And then uh, she never left. Yeah, unfortunately. She was sticking around waiting for us to finish the finish the job. Yeah, she had recruited all of you to aid her in tracking down and dealing with the evil presence that suffuses this place. But before you can really get to doing that, you're decided to secure this section of the uh, the Sightless Sphinx. Well, she did tell us that there was another evil presence here and some mm-hmm. other strange things, so... Yep. So, uh, yeah, you last episode you dealt with uh, fighting one of those said evil presences or evil individuals. Yeah, we got real lucky with that, with that amulet. With the shadow demon, yeah. Yes. Oh man, that was so many rolls and I didn't fail any of them. <laughs> it's a small miracle in and of itself. I know. <laughs> I'll probably be garbage today. Yeah, there have been a little shadow uh, shadow demon encounter combined with an encounter with a crazed uh, oracle. What was she? Ancestry oracle, I think so. Yeah, ancestor oracle. Mm-hmm. Who use uh, anti life shell, which I never get to, s- I never see used very much, but that's always a an interesting mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> fu spell. Yeah, the paladin was pretty pleased with that. <laughs> well, true. I'm not alive. <laughs> I still true. wish I had been able to turn her into something and then armor just fly away with her because it would have been hilarious. But she'd been a frog with an anti life shell. Yes. True. <laughs> the party. Finishing said fight, did a little investigation, poked around, found uh, not really much of use in there other than some ancient treaties on the, the faith of a rush Kigal. So yeah, if, still uh, pretty interesting. For the scholarly amongst you, still interesting. Interesting and valuable in the historical context. Yeah, I don't know if I'm down with worshipping the evil Sphinx lady. Oh, well, I'm not worshipping her, but it's something to go in the archives. Yep, the it's interesting historical information that belongs in a museum. Mm-hmm. Well, library, really. This will all be part of Hollis's 15-volume life story whenever she decides to finally retire. Well, Hollis is <laughs> always writing in her journal. The sad part about this is this will only be one book out of the 15. <laughs> there was that one time I did that crazy stuff in, uh, in Osirian. Anyway, moving yep. on. <laughs> it's not really that important in the long run. It turned out <laughs> fine. <laughs> The party then made their way to the Grand Temple, a large spacious chamber that they entered into, made their way up towards a, a massive sacrificial altar. You know, you're in a good place when you got one of those. It's true. Also, no, you're in with a good deity whenever there's yeah. sacrificial altars. The bad kind of sacrifice. I'm sure it's fine. Probably not goats. Mm-hmm. I guess the goats are a bad kind of sacrifice if you're a goat. <laughs> or one of those screaming goats. Anyway. Oh, God. Particularly terrifying to sacrifice. <laughs> Before the party, however, could go up and investigate the sacrificial altar, four figures had risen up from the grave. Horrendous specters. Hmm. Hmm. And I suppose, uh, let me 
Well, first off, let me go ahead and uh, and give you guys a recap on the uh, the description of this room because I know we plugged it there at the end, but it was a surprisingly long description. Dust and fine sand cover the floor of this grand hall as if decades, maybe even centuries have passed since any living creature stepped foot here. Sconces carved into the stone walls hold the withered stems of ancient torches, their blackened heads cold and crumbling. Here and there, yellow bones molder amongst drifts of sand. At the far end of the hall, a narrow staircase that our audience can't see, but you can see on the map. Not Although it says narrow staircase, it is 30 feet wide. Narrow for giants. <laughs> it's true. It's all perspective. A narrow staircase leads up to a raised platform. The front of the platform displays hideous images of lion-headed figures, ferocious sphinxes, and horned demons tearing screaming mortals apart. A white stone statue of a faceless demonic sphinx with six legs glares down from atop the dais. The sphinx's wide dragon wings spread to either side, forming two flat altars, stained with the blood of countless sacrifices. On the curved wall behind the sphinx, the fragmented remains of 13 humanoid skeletons have been pinned upside down against Mm. the wall with rusty metal spikes. Horrifying. A tarnished oval mirror hangs flat against the wall above the middle skeleton. So yeah, let's go ahead and actually get initiative checks from the party as uh, you step in here. There's a horrifying sight and we go ahead and just roll into a little bit of combat. Middling roll, okay. Cue up Sirenscape. Sirenscape for all your evil temple needs. (laughs) All your evil temple needs. I want somebody to put together a compilation of all of our like made up Sirenscape things for Sirenscape because I would just I would love to just listen to all of them and see like <laughs> which ones Ben Lube laughs the hardest at. I'm pretty sure I've been doing this nonstop for two years now. So uh, yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure. He's such a cool guy. Like I just he remember reading him at PaizoCon and just him being just he was just a chill guy, super fun to talk to. Like gave us all sorts of suggestions of where to yes, go if we go to Australia. I know. And if we can ever actually leave the country again, we might take up on some of those suggestions. <laughs> I always just appreciate people like Ben Looms too that are just perpetually happy. There's just something wonderful about yeah. people like that. All right, so combat begins. Initiative from the party, Hollis Starkweather. Hollis rolls a nine for a 16. One fast elf. Sudi mm-hmm. Kantar. All right, Sudi rolls a 19 for a 22. Pretty good. Masika of the Beckon. Masika rolls a seven, which gets her a ten. And Citra Nahamra. Citra rolled a four, which got her a ten. Holy oh moly. Boy. <laughs> oh boy. Y'all. Yep. I just, it, initiative and I just don't usually get along. It's always a happy moment when I see a high number for initiative. <laughs> you know, I, I rolled a four also for the bad guys. And I appreciate you guys rolling low enough that I didn't have to put them at the bottom of the initiative track. (laughs) There was a chance, guys. We could have gotten the jump on them. So, yeah, again, four specters rise up out of the moldering bones of Aeon's past, each of them resembling in passing these ghostly forms of cultists wearing loose-fitted robes that wrap about them. Each one of them bears a headband with a raised up. It almost looks kind of like you would see a a serpent crown raised up for something like the Pharaoh. Although in their cases, each of these are lion heads on these serpent on these serpentine like crowns atop their head. Weird. They blaze with green light, screaming out their cries in abyssal. For those of you who speak abyssal to a Nope. Nope. You pick out the word a 
mental note, learn abyssal sometime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that sometime in this giant sphinx. Yeah, add it onto the pile. Hollis has many years in which she could learn abyssal eventually. That is true. So round one of combat begins. Sudikantar, you stand at the bottom of the steps, your toe claws digging into the sand beneath your feet as you prepare to launch yourself up as these four horrible undead things, the antithesis of your faith, raise up from the grave. Yep. Uh, let me let me go ahead and do that knowledge religion to see how badly I'm about to be destroyed by these things. All right. Go ahead and roll me that knowledge religion. Wow. Okay. I roll a 17 for a 22. Not bad. That's not bad. That's actually really good. A 22. You recognize these creatures. In fact, you even get a question about them. Oh, hey. Oh. These translucent ghostly figures, they seem to almost fade into view from this like damp mist that seems to surround them, their face distorted by wrath into this hideous mask. These are creatures known literally as specters. Specters are evil undead that hate sunlight and living things. Most of the remnants of murdered or evil humans, their anger is preventing them from entering the afterlife. Like ghosts, specters haunt the places of their death and seek to draw others into their lonely abyss of undeath. Yay. Great. Uh, they look much as they did in life, uh, are easily recognizable those who knew the individual or have seen the individual's face in paintings or drawings. They remain sh uh, retain a strong sense of identity, and even ancient insane specters generally remain coherent. Ah, Evil historians right. and necromancers often try to ally with specters for the knowledge that they held in life and retain in undeath. You may ask one question pertaining towards the specter. All right. Um, let's go with special attacks. Special attacks. What? horrible things can they do to us they possess two special attacks first off any humanoid slain by a specter becomes a specter themselves in 1d4 rounds mm, that's fast oh yeah that is I really <laughs> fast i feel we like i caught a fight the, with this um, yeah at the the gate of the of wati those were shadows but oh, they have shadows. a very similar they have similar. a very similar respawn oh rate. okay i was about to say because i said respawn rate it's actually a very similar spawn rate you're spawning in the first place i suppose Time to get that second life on. Yep. Spawns so created are less powerful than typical specters. They suffer a penalty on uh, their dice rolls and have fewer uh, hit points, so on and so forth. Spawn are under the control of the specter that created them and remain enslaved until their death, at which point they lose their spawn penalties and become mm. a full-fledged specter. I see. Okay. Uh, they do not possess any of the abilities that they had in life. Hmm. Oh, that's a good, that's actually good news. The second thing of which Sudo would probably be immediately concerned is they possess energy drain. Oh. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, if, great. If they so much as touch you, they will drain two levels from you. Crud. I'm going to point it out. Doesn't the mask have like death ward or something? Is that for energy drain too? Or is that just negative energy? The mask does have death ward once per day. The subject is immune to energy drain and any negative energy effects, including channeled negative energy. Uh, does not remove negative levels that the subject has already gained, but it does remove the penalties from negative levels for the duration of the effect. So you wouldn't have the penalty. Death Ward stops you from getting negative levels. Yes. No, yeah, it is immunity to energy drain. Okay. Yeah, there you go. My brain turned off. Okay, well, crud. Uh, so I guess uh, Sudi for once would call, would call out, these are specters. If you have Death Ward, cast it. And then... What do I look like to you? 
Uh, that's more geared towards Masika. <laughs> just want someone to look over and just respond, an abjurer? <laughs> is that for a wizard spell? I don't even know. Uh, no, it is not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, now that. that I have the spell pulled up, it's actually not on the shaman spell list either. Nope. So, yep, great. But Sudi wouldn't know that. No. That's true. No, so Sudi doesn't know that, so that was perfectly reasonable for him to say. But <laughs> yeah, Sudi being aware of the powers of the mask and not wanting negative levels, because those will be no fun, will, for the first time, reach into his bag and put on the mask. Oh, dang. Because I believe, I, oh, I, believe I have to have the mask on to cast Death Ward. Correct. So, so yeah, yes. it is a move action. You reach back, you retrieve the... Uh, actually, you keep the mask in your bag, don't you? Yes, so it's a four-round action. So Sudi takes one look at them and goes, oh, crap, and then, like, flings his backpack off his back, starts tearing through there, change of clothes goes flying one direction and half-eaten <laughs> trail ration flies the other direction. It's half-eaten because he's been snacking on it for four months. Uh, <laughs> then reaches exactly. in, pulls out this mask. Yep. It feels that's my round. cool and smooth to the touch. From Sudi, we go to Lady Sophronia, who I don't think has a spell that could help for the situation. Uh, Death Ward is on the Paladin spell list if she... Uh, she, is, she has I think it's a head. fourth level, yeah. isn't it? It is fourth level, yes. Yeah, that's actually beyond her ability. Oh, sad. She will instead glide forward, 30 feet forward, as she glides easily up the stairs, uh, spins her blade as she begins to approach closer, calls out to the power of the Dawnflower. A burst of light sears off of her like the rising sun. So the specter on the far left will actually be out of the radius for this. Uh, as her prayer washes over all of you, everyone in the party gains a plus one bonus on attack rolls, weapon damage rolls, saves, skill checks. Wow, cool. This is a nice. luck bonus. Mm. Oh, nice. Three of the four specters are caught in the radius, at which point they take a minus one luck penalty on attack rolls, weapon damage rolls, mm. saves, and skill checks. Very cool. Hollis Starkweather. Step one question. Rachel, can Citra be flat-footed? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, for my uh, archetype. Mm, okay. Um, okay, so Hollis. Brave, brave Hollis. <laughs> uh, so Hollis runs up next to Sophronia and she goes, all right, I'm going to throw you at one of these and you're going to hit them. Uh, and then she's going to telekinetic charge Sophronia over at uh, the one on the far right. <laughs> she nods. <laughs> By all means. And she gets an attack. Excellent. So you throw her through the air. Fortunately, she's very accustomed already to flying. Mm -hmm. So as she dives through the air, she will heft her blade and swing. Fortunately, in her case, her plus one ghost touch longsword. Nice. As a natural one. Oh, sad. No. <laughs> that is disappointing. Oh, well, whatever. Gosh, she I was tried. wrecking it last episode. Ah, well, that's just the first swing out of the gate. The sad thing is, even rolling that natural one, if that was an automatic miss, she would have hit. Oh. With all the bonuses oh. and the prayer and being thrown through the air and everything. All right, Hollis is now immediately aware that she's very close to these ghosties and it's not great. Yes, that was not wise. Oh, can I see if I know anything additional? If, if there's additional stuff to know. Yeah, you can go ahead and make a roll. I mean, there has to be, right? Mm. Uh. You got special defenses we haven't gone through. I rolled a two for a 22. That is actually the same result that Sudi got. Mm. Unfortunately, you only know the same things that Sudi got. <laughs> Boo. That's fine. 
So, Hollis, you look at this over and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're... You're right. They're, they're specters. They're... I'm very close to Real bad. Them. All right, so that brings us to the specters. Oh, no. This is fine. What do you need levels for? It's only the one thing that you do this and play this entire game for. Yeah, right. uh, so the first one is going to dive to the attack against Citra, gliding through the air, screeching and calling out to Reshkigal. Mm. Dang, cultist. It glides forward, hefts its spectral sickle, and swings it down at Citra. It's a touch attack. Mm. I only rolled a 12. Sorry. 14. So that's a 14. Barrel. Oh, no! Yeah. Oh, boo. So it glides forward. It strikes Citra. Yep. Well, so much for that, Hope. Rick crushed hey. that in 0.2 milliseconds. <laughs> yep. You take two points of damage and also two negative levels. Oh, God. Uh. Yeah. No, these guys are awful. Just a reminder for negative levels. <sighs> Negative levels do the following. So you're taking currently a minus two penalty on all ability checks, all attack rolls, uh, all combat maneuvers, in case you decide to do one of those, or your combat maneuver defense, saving throws, and skill checks. In addition, you have lost 10 hit points. Those hit points cannot be regained, as long as you still have the negative levels. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, I never recommend the mask, but uh, I, rest I recommend the mask. No, yeah, no, it's it's good. Also, if you take enough negative levels that are greater than your levels, you die. Yep. The second one glides straight at Hollis. I don't love this. That is, I actually rolled the exact same. 14, it's also taking a minus one penalty because of the prayer. So that's a 13 to hit your touch did, AC. Did you minus it for me? The one uh, that the minus hit you one, wasn't No, that one. one was out of range. It was the one that oh, was out of, of the range course. of the other. It does miss. It misses Hollis. Hollis is not hit for once in Yay. her life. The other one glides at Hollis. Oh, Rude. no. <laughs> uh, this one, however, does much better. Striking out with a 27. I mean, yes. Hollis, you take three points of damage. <sighs> Hollis also takes two negative levels, so minus two penalty on ability checks, attack rolls, combat maneuver bonus, combat maneuver defense, saving throws, and skill checks. The only thing I actually care about is spells. You count as two caster levels lower for the purpose of all spell effects. Okay. Hollis, you see the first one closing from your side. Its sickle comes down and deflects off of your mage armor. And then the second one swoops in. You hear a bok bok warning at the last second. Manage to turn around before just feeling the sickle dig through your shoulder. It just pass seamlessly through you with no resistance. But it does leave that cold feeling almost like... <sighs> It's almost this numb feeling like when you sleep on your arm and it, your arm goes to sleep. I it's do this not weird like this. tingling sensation, followed by the feeling of being called on by ants. Yeah. The last one will last, lash out at Sophronia, who being dead is immune to negative levels. So there's at least that. Hmm. It does, however, successfully hit Sophronia, dealing two points of damage to the paladin. Since she is your ally, I don't have a problem telling you this. Uh, he will need to deal another 151 hit points of damage to kill the paladin. <laughs> yep. Because she is so made she's of fine. meat. Well, she's not made of meat anymore, but she's made of very tough ectoplasm. She got a lot of spirit in her. <laughs> <laughs> From there we go to Citra Nahamra. Citra desperately needs to get uh, to where she can sneak attack these things. Um, <laughs> do you have a ghost touch weapon? Yeah, unfortunately, since they are incorporeal, They're... you uh, actually, no, you do have your uh, special ability. Sorry, exactly. Oh, yeah. 
So I need to move around this guy. Do I have enough movement to do it without? Uh, let me let me ask this question, and I'll have Jessica answer me truthfully. Huh? Is Hollis carrying a weapon? Because Citra could potentially get into a flank. I mean, Hollis has weapons, but not out. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's the problem. And she's not staying close enough to these things to flank. You can flank with the dang paladin is how she feels. Yeah, I'm debating whether to run over to the paladin or to deal with this one right here because Sudi could just step in. You could also potentially delay if Masika's willing to step in. The problem you're going to run into is when you provoke from them, they still get the energy drain attack. Yeah. You should stab mm. and let Sudi go around because he has the movement. I could do that. That'd probably be best because I really don't want them getting to Masika either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... All right, I'm just going to attempt to attack and probably not really do anything to these things because I don't have a ghost touch weapon. But you have your thingy. My thingy? I, I can't use it unless I'm sneak attacking. Mm. Yep. Mm. Okay. <laughs> try my first attack, which is probably not going to hit, but, you know, we'll try. I rolled a seven. So with my plus one minus two, that puts me at a... 15 plus 7, which is a 22. 22 will strike your target. Oh, well, look at that. Okay. So you spin around and lash out with your blade. I don't think I can really do anything to it. Citra's eyes darting damage. around going, eh, Hollis isn't armed. You're looking over her shoulder, realize that Masika's actually reacting slower than you are, and you're surprised at how slow you're reacting. Uh, So that is 9 points of regular, 2 points of electricity. Okay, so nine regular, two electricity, 11 points of damage total, which will be five points of damage since it is incorporeal. Okay, and then I will try for my second attack. Very well. Hey, but I rolled a 19 on that one, which is in my critical zone, but I don't think these can be critical. If you had a ghost touch weapon. Yeah, unfortunately yep. I don't. <laughs> so I uh, rolled a 19, which gives me a 30. Eight. Or sorry, uh, technically at a minus one of that, 29. A 29 will strike your target, though. Let's try again. Um, 10 regular and 1 electricity, so 11 again. All right. Another five points of damage as you continue to slice into your foe. Again, it's that weird thing for Citra where she's diving in. She's hitting what should be vital points. She's slicing through, meeting no resistance. It's just plumes of mist selling off of this thing. From Citra, we go to Masika. Uh, Masika is going to take a... Five foot step back. Let's get away from these things. And then I'm going to cast a <laughs> Ghostbane Dirge on the one that Citra stabbed. Ooh. Oh, nice. Um, it needs to make a will save. a little Ghostbane Dirge. Nice. Will save. Uh, that wasn't a bad roll. They don't have... Eh, they've got actually pretty decent will. That's still a 7... 18. Nope. DC's a 19. It fails. Woo! Yay! Thank goodness. Oh, boy. So, yeah, you call upon divine powers for a, a moment. There's almost a haze that kind of drops over this thing. It doesn't even seem to really register the effect. Citra, however, you can tell that it's slightly less transparent. So hey. it's going to take full damage from magic weapons, spells, spell-like effects, and supernatural effects for the next 11 rounds. Nice. 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 That takes us back to the top of the initiative. Actually, you still have a move action left if you want to take it. No, I don't want to get Chief too far away, but... Yeah, well, it's, it's more if you wanted to draw a weapon or something like that. Narmer's going to spit at it. <laughs> <laughs> Narmer rolls an 18. 
I ain't afraid of no gauche. Which gets him a 29. <laughs> I took a shagan. <laughs> 29 will strike his target. Is he taking the minus four for firing into melee? He that will, is true. He will, minus four. so I'll take the minus four, which gets him a 25. 25 will strike his target. I would hope so. <laughs> he does four points of acid damage, and it takes it all because, you know, that spell I just cast. Yep. Yay. Hey. So splashes it with some acid from Masika. We go to Sudi Kantar. Please move well, the Well, <laughs> Sudi's entire plans have been ruined. Uh, Hollis <laughs> is dramatically out of position facing two enemies. Citra has already taken some negative levels, so have Hollis. <sighs> Putting on the mask, I believe, is a standard action. It's a move action to place the mask on, a standard action to activate its death ward. Okay. Which you really need to do. <laughs> Yes. Is, now, is the death ward just on him, though? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Wait, it only affects me, even though the spell allows a living creature touch? I think it's with the mask, those spell effects only affect you. No, because uh, it allows you to cast the spells if you have the ability. Oh, so, so you can put it on Citra. Yeah, you, you okay, could put it on someone else if you prefer. All right, so I'm going with my original plan, then. Um, you can also so ready City- if you want people to come back to you. I mean, to get rid of these level- negative levels takes restoration, which I don't have a lot of. So yeah, and so, cast it on yourself if you need to. But uh, I mean, if you're going to use well, it, well, my it. original plan was to cast it on Citra and let Citra and Sudi go handle this. But then Hollis decided to go be a hero. So um, I'm getting out of here as soon as I can. Sudi Sudi places the mask upon his face. Step one, um, and then calls out, "Hollis, get back here! I can protect you." Okay. And we're ready to uh, boop her on her way back. Except I can only take a five foot step. Otherwise, she'll provoke two attacks of opportunity. Oh boy. All right. Um, in that case, I can use a swift action to become a uh, large sized five foot step forward, which puts me into touch range of her. All right. Very well. So yeah, you place on the mask. It conforms to your face. You explode out into full, si- full size. Oddly, like as it, as it cools, as it contours to your face, you hear this, the other spirits in this room. And as you look about, you can almost see these figures as more... It's almost as if you can see the unholy vital spark inside of them, as if Creepy. donning the mask is letting you see their call that has not been able to pass on fully. Weird. No game mechanic effect, just Just weird. Cool. Okay, um, so then I will touch Hollis uh, and cast Death Ward on her. Cast her Yay! level 17, which means it will last for uh, 17 minutes, and it uh, removes the... It does not remove your negative levels, but it does remove the penalties from your ne- for the negative levels. So your caster level goes back up um, right. and all of that. Um, and then you're now immune to any future attacks so that you can, you know, peace out of there and get behind me. Mm-hmm. And so, the yeah. first use of the mask by Sudi is to save a friend. Yep. It feels right. Sudi embiggens, almost taking up the entirety of like one half of the stairway now. Yeah, as he's... Sudi wishes very much he didn't have to embiggen because I did just drop my touch AC even lower. <laughs> <laughs> one foot planted into the sand down towards the base of the stairs, the other foot almost planted entirely on top of the step, as if he's just doing one big lunge to reach the top of the stairs as he reaches out with one hand and places this hand the size of Hollis's chest on her back as you feel this pulse of energy go through you. Hand like the head of a shovel. Um, from Sudi we go to Sophronia. I mean to her it doesn't seem like the party's doing so bad so far. Then again she uh, she's got this one on her own. She can do it. 
We believe in her. Oh, it's more whether or not I want her to drop <laughs> another smite evil. Well, with all the negative levels flinging around, we're probably going to rest after this because I've already She's used my one restoration. Well, this is the last thing in this area also. No, so there's the room that's this, sealed right? that we haven't done. Oh, that's right with the disc in it. So, yeah, she'll go ahead and smite evil. Boy, howdy. Well, at first attack, she rolls a four. Oh, man. With her smite evil, that's still a 31. <laughs> okay, good. Nice. Paladin. <laughs> Very nice. So, yeah, that'll hit. So 21 points of damage at the first swing. Oh, nice. Wow. And since Hollis threw her over there, it's not like she has to move, so she'll just keep swinging. Yeah. So second swing as a 19 that is a hit threat. Nice. Since Ghost Touch weapon. And then with the smiting bonus, that's a 32 to confirm, which will confirm. Plus 22, plus an additional 11 because she doubles the damage against evil undead. <laughs> is oh, 66, is which will kill the thing with her backswing. Yeah. Nice. She turns her, you know, her entire aura flashing to red as she turns her gaze back towards the next one and begins to stride forward. You know what, Serenites, they're tactically sound, so uh, she'll begin to circle around to kind of outflank with uh, Sudi or Citra or whoever else is coming up. You had your chance a century ago to repent. You won't <laughs> get another. She makes her way forward, bring us to Hollis. All right, uh, Hollis, uh, five foot steps away from danger. Um, Let me make sure they don't have step up. That would be Aww. very sad. Don't you aw? Don't you don't you dare? How you know awful they, would it have been if they had step up and strike? It would have sucked. <laughs> you know what they do have on Sudi though? Blind fight. <laughs> oh, rude. Rude. That's just rude. So rude. Which is funny considering that they're immune to being blinded and also <laughs> have dark vision. That's so weird. Um, Hollis will essentially conjure an arc of lightning between the two that swung at her. Uh, okay. And they get a reflex save. Ooh, and I get so to do Hollis all of my gestures reflexes. between the two figures. A bolt of lightning streaks between them. And that is a an 18 from the one on Hollis's left. A 16 from the one on Hollis's right. Good. They both fail. Uh, so let me roll my damages. Ooh. And I get to roll all of them because Death Ward. That is sure. You are no longer taking the penalty for your level drain. See, the mask is your friend. Hmm. I still don't think that. I would be using it a lot more if Onuris was still alive. I'm just putting it that way. <laughs> Onuris would have sovereign glued that to his face. <laughs> <laughs> now he use cat removes it. <laughs> uh, 35 electric damage. All right. Nice. Onuris would be pulling a Mandalorian over there. No one will ever see my face again. This is the way. Uh, 17 points of damage when it's halved. Mm-hmm. Still a telling hit as an arc of lightning sears between the two of them. Again, it's that weird thing that they seem to be slightly dissipated by the blast. Mm -hmm. However, they don't seem to show any sign of injury or pain. That brings us to the specters. The first one will lash out at Citra. Yep. Boo. Since, you know, it's already there. If only I had Death Ward Mass. It does get a 20 even. Yeah. For On your touch, touch AC. AC? I, I don't know what anyone's touch ACs are. That's my touch. Dang it. So, yeah, it strikes you for one point of damage and two more negative levels. I thought Death Ward was a thing that you cast on all of us? No. No, no it's, it's only on an individual. Oh, Jesus Christ, then don't cast that on me. I'm getting I've, out of here. 
I touched it's it on you late. so that they wouldn't destroy you. Okay. That seems like a waste because I'm about to be like not even in this fight. Uh, no, that's fine. But the fact of the matter is, is that they could right now be touching you. And if they attack twice, hit you for eight negative levels. So I'm trying to keep you alive. If these become permanent, I can only remove one a week. Yep. And uh, Citra and I both have very bad fortitude saves. Which is another reason to not have you get a lot of them. And it's a thousand gold. It's a thousand diamond dust to remove a permanent one. Well, I don't I mean, even know if we have enough diamond dust for me to anyway. You know what I do have? Teleport. <laughs> we absolutely have to leave. I need to start punching things. So. Well, dang. Now I feel bad because I, w- I thought it was multiple and I certainly wouldn't have. I was going to say, I needed you uh, in the you flank. Must- uh, let me let me be honest. It was going to Citra, but you got so out of position that you were in very bad danger space. The next specter glides forward against Hollis and reaches out. That is with a a nineteen. Uh, no. Very well. The next one glides up against Hollis and lashes out as a perfect twenty to hit threat. Rude. That is a twenty-four to confirm. Uh, yeah. Yikes. Touch. You take nine points of damage and would take four negative levels, but unfortunately, your death ward will protect you. Oh, you're welcome, and you're the new tank, so congratulations. I'm <laughs> just, running just away hold them there while I punch them to death. <laughs> I hate to tell you, but I can still die if they hit me for enough damage. So I'm running well, away. Well, they're not going to hit you for that much damage. They're barely touching you. The one that slides his hand through Hollis kind of pauses, She's looks down. Looks over towards the other one and says something in abyssal. Rude. Dang it. We don't speak that. I will also point out that they uh, do retain their 14 intelligence. Dang it. They're smart. My chicken's smarter than him. They're smarter than Sudi, which means they probably figured out there's some spell effect that's stopping them from killing you, which is a problem. Well, they're also... He just hit her and didn't get the temporary hit points that he's supposed to get from draining negative levels. Rude. Uh, Double rude. His GM just told him he didn't get the temporary hit points, and he went, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) From the Spectre, we go to Citra Nahamra. I like that there's a separate GM for the monsters. No, no, Rick just communicates with them on a separate channel. (laughs) It's true. It's a back channel. It's true. It's Rick's, uh, you know, ectoplasmic soul or whatever. It's got, like, extra planar games. (laughs) Yeah, I go all Doctor Strange and, you know, soul project into another plane. (laughs) I really, really need to be in the flank right now, but I don't know if I can risk getting hit again. Yeah, yeah I mean, my, my, my plan is to start whapping on that one that you're after. Yeah, but, but that doesn't help me because my ability doesn't work unless I'm flanking. Yeah, so I mean, the <laughs> only way to do it is to risk it and try to do an acrobatics to get in the flank with Or Sudi can move. My acrobatics is probably still fine because I have plus three luck bonus. So I'm really only taking a minus one. Yeah, but you're going upstairs and that's difficult terrain and everything else. You only have to, uh, you here. have to go up the stairs because I can take a five foot step. You're, you're, if I can I'll get on the, st- the bottom step there, I'm fine. The stairs are not steep enough to count as difficult oh, okay. terrain. Um, they oh, do good. impose a minus two penalty if you're moving through them, but instead you are entering them. So, for instance, if Citra was trying to go all the way up the stairs, it'd be an issue, but she's only moving into them. Citra's going to have to try it, because I I have to get in the flank. So I am going to attempt to acrobatics into the flank. Yeah, you also only need the 15 feet of movement, so you don't need to use your accelerated tumble. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. 
That was perfectly dang average. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Which gets me a 34. Come on. 34 will succeed. Oh, yes! As you okay. slide under its outstretched arm, flip back around. Ooh, now let's I- see if I can hit it with a minus four. Yeah. Okay. Well, technically minus three. Yeah, because you're getting, you're getting the buff from the, the paladin. Okay. Well, wait, hold on. Minus plus my flank now, so now I'm just even. Minus one. No, you get a plus two for flanking? Yeah, but you're yes. at a minus four, and you got a plus one from the paladin and a plus two for oh, flanking. Oh, minus one. Yes. Minus one. <laughs> Math. Okay. Too many bonuses <laughs> flying around. Please critical. Please have critical them. <laughs> I just rolled a net 20. Yay! Arden corporeal undead and immune to critical hits. You, you Ghostbane Ghost Dirge this one! Them. I don't think Ghostbane Dirge makes it suddenly. It just means that it can be fully affected. I don't think it's going to let her critical it. Either way, as long as I hit it, it's fine because I'm getting my sneak attack. <laughs> you can critical with a ghost touch weapon. Yeah, unfortunately, the Ghostbane Dirge does not mean that it counts as corporeal for the purpose of being mm-hmm. subject to a critical. So I'm Boo. not critical. No, you nope. can't critical it. Yep. Okay. So the perfect 20 will automatically hit your target and you're right. using your etheric strike. I, I am get you a ghost, uh, ghost touch weapon. Okay. So start with that. So that's... Yeah, because this is the only... Because normally this thing would be immune to sneak attack, period. All right. So that's 12 points of regular damage. Okay. And then you call upon your training, your blade bursts into light as you deliver your etheric strike. All right. So 10. That would be 23 points of positive energy into the Ouch. Nice. Get him. A telling hit. How many times a day can you use that etheric strike thing? <laughs> Four. <laughs> Hopefully I won't need more than that. So three more. Oh, <laughs> uh, with the paladin, I'm hoping not. From Citra who wrenches her blade free of this thing. Again, it's somewhat dissipated in comparison to what it was, but it's also thicker, for lack of a better term, because of the effects of the Ghostbane Dirge. You're not really sure how injured it is. Masika. (laughs) Uh, Masika is going to cast Call Lightning Storm, so it's going to take her whole round. Okay. But Narmer's going to spit at the one that's under Ghostbane Dirge, and he's going to use a charge from the wand to get 2d6. Yep, he starts making the <laughs> noise. <laughs> Patu. I always ro- imagine it's a spittoon sound. <laughs> Narmer rolls a 13, which gets him a 24, so a 20 after his penalty for spitting into melee. It's the spittoon sound, but in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> a 20 will strike his target. He does nine points of acid damage. Nine points of damage. I'm melting. A solid hit on the semi-solid creature from Masika, who is casting Sudikantar. All right, time for Sudi to wail on these uh, guys. He's going to go for the one he's flanking with Citra. All right. And uh, I'm going to Flurry of Blows. That's a 19 on the dice for nice. a 35. <laughs> nice. A 35 will strike your target. Would these creatures happen to be chaotic? They happen to, in fact, be chaotic. Time for extra damages. They are, in fact, evil cultists of Ereshkigal. Sweet. So that is 4d6 plus 8 points of damage now. Yay. Despite the fact that uh, specters, as stated out in the book, are actually lawful. But these ones are chaotic. So yeah, Sudi's fists blaze into silver fire as he brings them down. 
28 points of damage. Punch. Very well. And then, so that's 14 since it's halved. Still standing. Okay, punch again. Brings his fist up, brings it back down. All right, uh, so that is a 17 on the dice, which (laughs) is a 33. I like Jordan's little shrug gesture that he just did, which I assumed was a bad roll, but I think it's, it's like... It's it's more me just shrugging, going, I mean, the dice are liking me, but I can't say anything about it or it ends. So, you know, <laughs> yes, that's what do it is. do not jinx yourself. Exactly. That I just made you say something. That will yes. strike a target. Whee! Get it. That is 24 points of damage. Very well. It is still standing. All right, punch it a third time. <laughs> How many hit Come points on. do these things have? Good lord. I only rolled a 2, and that's a 12. A 12, unfortunately, will not strike your target. So, yeah, I've got key points, so I will use a key point to get an extra attack. <laughs> Just keep going. I have more key points than I have levels to be drained. <laughs> not entirely true. I only have five key points, but... Uh, Fair enough. Only, that's points, still quite a bit. I have eight key points, but uh, I've already used four, so this will be my fifth use of it, but I will keep punching because I need this thing to be D-E-D dead. Mm. That is a 10 for a 26. A 26 will hit your flanked foe as you bring your foot around and lash out. Oh, 28 for the flank. All right. Your little uh, toe beans bursting into silver flames. (laughs) Lawful toe beans. That is 22 points of toe bean damage. You kick it into oblivion as it yeah. scatters into bits, screaming and disintegrating. You have a five-foot step if you'd like to take it. You know what? Sudi will take a five-foot step to his left as he faces off, um, try to kind of position himself between one of the specters and Citra. All right. Choose to draw fire, bring us to Lady Sophronia. She'll take a five-foot step into the flank with Sudi, uh, flanking over Hollis's Hey-o. head. <laughs> <laughs> Since Hollis isn't threatening. Hollis is like, no, thank you. <laughs> she will then go ahead and full out attack. She's hesitant to burn through her second to last smite. But you guys are getting pretty messed up. I mean, we're going to rest after this. There's no way. Yeah, so she'll go ahead and smite evil. Go for broke. Uh, so that first swing, she rolls a three. Uh, still manages to get her a 30, which will strike wow. the target. <laughs> Holy cow. Paladins, man. 26 points of damage from a ghost touch weapon. That's the one that had a couple of Hollis's hit points after it stole them. Mm, rude. <laughs> it's okay, I got some temp hit points from my lightning arc. Paladin back swings with a 33, which will strike for Ooh. an additional 26 points of damage. Yay! Get him! Ghost of Brony, yeah! Oh, actually, I apologize. 27 points of damage because she was also affected by her prayer. Nice. She'll take her third and final swing. That's not a great roll, and that's not a great bonus. Uh, so she rolls a five for a 22, which will actually still strike her target. Better wow. to have pluses than nice. minuses, because there are minuses all over my paper. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everywhere. Uh, strikes at a final time. Her blade wrenches through the thing, and it dissipates entirely. Yes! She spins the ghost touch longsword, continuing to stride forward. Sweet. All right, we're turning this around, guys. Hollis Starkweather. Oh, my. (laughs) Hollis continues to sidestep down the stairs. And you know what? I think we're probably going to have to have a good little sleep after this. So uh, Hollis casts Disintegrate on the one that's left. All right. It does require a fortitude save, but it also affects objects. And therefore will still affect this creature. Very nice. You will need to hit, however. 
please get it. <laughs> yep. Okay, that was a good roll. So that's um, 21, 25 to hit it. A 25 will strike your target. Nice. As a green beam flashes across the distance, strikes it. Uh, it rolls decently, but I don't think this is going to be enough because it doesn't actually have a good fortitude save. That's a 19. <laughs> no. Ah, yes! Yay! Disintegration. Uh, it gets to take 2d6 points of damage per caster level. So you're doing, what, 9? Nope, I'm doing 11. Uh, no, I cast Death Ward on her, so she is going at a full 11, so that's 22d6. It suppresses it Oh. for the duration of the Death Ward. Then so go, that's go, go. worth it. This, yeah, this now became worth it, see? Hollis just feels guilty because she's usually the one protecting people with her magic. Well, I should have thought of that before <laughs> you went up and telekinetic through our palette in a way. It's all right. Once you disintegrate through this guy, Citra is collapsing on these stairs. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, somebody remember the number 42. 42, it's the answer to everything. Because I have to roll my dice again. Green flash of light crosses the distance. The thing is outlined like a uh, a poor red shirt in the original series Star Trek <laughs> being shot by a disintegration ray. Uh, plus 30 more is 72. 72 points of damage. Yep, so that'll be 36 points of damage since it's still from a corporeal source. Mm, not That's a still yet. a telling hit. You know, usually I don't roll so many ones on those. Hollis is sad. <laughs> Disappointing. <laughs> We're like, roll? What? Oh, well, once you understand magic, you understand really the subsystem of most magic is these little dice. Anyway, we'll get there when we get to your arcane theory. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I do a quick shout out right now to whoever posted the absolutely adorable Spider-Man meme of Hollis and Citra on the Discord? <laughs> oh, because the... that brought such joy to my day. Oh, the Into the Spider-Verse one where they're both looking like old Peter Parker and uh, Miles Morales are looking over like, hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was cute. It had a little, it had oh, a little sugar so in there too. It was adorable. Yeah, I know they even put it like a photoshopped a chicken in the corner. It was great. <laughs> so shout out. I don't know who it was, but it was awesome. It's true. That would be Zach on our Discord. Ah. Okay, shout out Zach. You are awesome. That made my day. <laughs> so from uh, the opposite of making your day, from Hollis we go to the Spectre. Yep, <laughs> here we go. It glides up towards Sudi. Uh, that's what I expected it to do, so that's fine. And it's going to reach out and touch... Faith. Faith. Uh, it doesn't roll well. 17 to hit your touch AC. Oh, Chris, no, you roll low on him. No, Thank was... goodness, but still, God. Sudi's <laughs> getting karma for protecting Hollis. Yeah. yeah, that is some good karma right there. He Sudi deserves it. I'm just on his hating way to your goodness. dice. Not, not your dice, Sudi, as in Rick's dice. I missed yes. Hollis like twice also, too. It's true. Mage armor. To be we fair, did. a little behind the screen on them, they actually only have a plus 12 bonus to hit. Only. 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 But it's going say. against touch AC, so it's not that great. And this one only has a plus 11 because it's still hit by that prayer. Mm. Living From... our prayer. That's better than Masika's to hit with her mace, I'm just saying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> My scimitar to hit is a one. <laughs> <laughs> Your face attack should be higher than that. I'm not proficient with scimitars. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how to use this thing I have oh it for God, a spell component fun. for a spell I've never cast on the show from yet. yet the specter we go to Citrinahamra 
get it, Citra. Okay, I believe I have enough movement to get into the flank without provoking. You have exactly enough movement. 10, 15, exactly 25, enough. 30. Yeah. Yep. Boom. Sweet. Dance around the outside. All right. Get it. Citra is going to cast another etheric strike on this dude. I like that she phrases it as cast. Oh, look, I'm casting this thing as I stab it. Great work. <laughs> Great work. Kindly spirits. Through my kukri, it is a tool, much like a wand. I've seen Magus' It is my fun. spell component. I've seen Magus. Don't take this from me. <laughs> Sugar. Sugar's just sitting there like that's definitely a supernatural ability. Which gets me a. Sugar, shush. Okay. Let her have this. I still have a minus one. She can't with all understand this stuff. me. <laughs> So she, I'm, ah, oh, I lost cackling. my math because you did. I can't understand you. Okay, I rolled a fifteen. Okay. I'm technically taking a minus one, so right. that should thirty-two because of the flank. No, no, I already include the flank. Thirty. That's gonna hit. A thirty will strike a target. Okay. Yay! All right. <laughs> Gosh, I cannot roll on my regular damage very well. Okay, eleven points of just regular damage. Okay. Oh, the dice. Now I see what you mean. <laughs> you know the magic? Ah, ah yes. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You're starting to see it. Once you get that, then we'll get to the really <laughs> freaky stuff. All right. That is 27 points of positive energy. Nice. Yep, your blade plunges into this. A pulse of energy goes up through its core, and it disintegrates into mist and dust around your blade tip. Yay! My lord. The chamber falls silent with the exception of the the pants and wheezing from all of you. I don't feel very good at all. What did it do to me? It drained your life essence. I want it back. Masika Mm. rolls a 30 on a knowledge religion. Are these things gone or are they like ghosts and we're going to have, they're just going to respawn in a few days, in like a few days. Uh, No, they do not respawn. They just die. Woo. Well, I'm pretty tapped, y'all. Well, I mean, the good news is that unlike ghosts, they're, they're gone. They're not going to, you know, just respawn in a few days. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. (sighs) They've moved on to meet their just reward. And hopefully it is just. Well, I mean, it's they are going to be a punishment, but because they fell into undeath. But you know, just well, rewards. Who knows if their deity cares about things like that? Phrasma cares. <sighs> Phrasma can't keep petitioners from their deity, so yeah, Ergothoans go to Ergothoa's plane. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna go hang out with a Reshkigal. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, Ergothoa wouldn't care that they came into undeath. Uh-huh. Now, well, yeah. considering the fact that they fell the way that they did, they'll probably be going down there to become, like, a dretch, as mm. opposed to what they're hoping to, like, become a big bad demon whenever they die. Yeah, so it probably they're... won't be a pleasant experience for them. Oh, well. But, Masika's oh, well. going to cast Detect Magic and make sure there's nothing in here worth anything. I could heal any of you if you needed it, but unfortunately there's nothing I can do for their soul-draining power. How much diamond dust do we have? I'll also remind everyone that every time Sophronia speaks, it's Citra. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Weird. <laughs> um, We have 650, it looks like, because we used 250 for something. That is not enough. So that'll dispel. If they're not permanent, that's enough. But if somebody fails, I don't even have enough. We don't have enough to remove it. 
That's a problem. It's a thousand per permanent, and I can only do it once a week. Per person, right? Yes. Yep. So if Sistra fails all four, it's a month before her stats are back to normal. Mm. Yeah. So don't. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm going to point out that I'm at a five right now. You're at a five. For my fortitude save? Because she takes Ah, the penalty for... Because I have a minus four... Have I mentioned how much I hate negative levels? I, I was tr- I was going to give you the death ward before Hollis ran forward because uh, I was like, I've got it. a bonus against neg- taking negative levels, so I had a chance of being Hollis okay. also has a bonus. There's two pertinent things to bring up in this situation. Uh, the first off is, is that you make the save. So it's currently about 8 o'clock in the evening since you guys slept all day and then came in at night, which means that as far as becoming you having to roll to see whether or not it becomes permanent at eight o'clock tomorrow because it is a 24 hour turnaround okay which means that missy can potentially pray for spells before then i mean i get one free restoration a day that i've already used on sudi but i have to do another restoration on sudi because of his stat drain which is going to be 300 diamond dust right there so we don't have to worry about it becoming permanent because we're about to go rest yeah, and I, so I'm not going to have a couple of my other fifth level spells because I'll still need to memorize two restorations. Mm. Either that or you could just roll the dice. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, if, we, if it wasn't the two of us, sure. But we have the worst fortitude saves. <sighs> so this isn't like putting off any sort of negative energy, right? This weird little statue. Um, you know, I, I haven't used this ability that I have for being a living monolith. I'm going to activate my tomb site, and that gives me a death ward and, more importantly, detect undead. And I'm just sorry. see if there's anything. What? You have death ward as part Wait, of tomb no, death site. watch. Sorry, death oh. watch, not death ward. <laughs> <laughs> we were about God, to that would have be been like such a mean move. No, we are putting um, you no, in the trash. Watch, you are sorry. fired. Get out of here. <laughs> now yes, that the danger is passed, that works. Don't work. <laughs> I'm always threatening to put people in the trash. Well, mostly the puppies <laughs> uh, because they're bad. I know this. I married you. <laughs> so I'm Citra is probably like avoiding looking at Sudi though. because She's really uncomfortable with the fact that he's still got the mask. on. Yeah. I mean, so. Sudi will go ahead and like sweep this area. Just make sure there's nothing else and then take the mask off and put it back in his bag. Cause like whatever, you know, no, you don't see anything else. I mean, again, you don't see anything else as far as living is concerned. You don't detect any magical auras coming off of the, Statue, Masika, making your way close enough that you can view the statue. Since I imagine at the very least someone would need to get close enough to when Citra was asking, hey, is there yeah. anything on this statue? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, there is a magical aura coming from the mirror on like behind the statue underneath the centermost of the 13th inverted skeletons hanging from the spikes on the walls. Masika will go check that out. Okay. Uh, what are the rest of you doing in the meantime? Hollis doesn't speak abyssal. I mean, I guess I'll just like search around and see if there's anything interesting that, you know. Okay. So just searching the skeletons, searching the... Sure, I'll look at the skeletons. That's real morbid. Okay. Citra is probably looking at the skeletons with Hollis and then like picking her brain on, okay, so this is my etheric strike, you know, and I know that I can do this, but how do I, you know, and just try to pick her brain on stuff. Yes, yes. Hollis is like, hmm, I shall muse upon this. I'm not sure. I do not have a similar... I don't have a similar ability, but maybe we can make a scroll and you can do this and that. Uh, Sudi, what are you up to? You know what? Sudi will stand on top of the stairs and just keep an eye out kind of behind us because this room doesn't have any other exits. So I'll just be watching to make sure nothing comes sneaking up behind us. Well, uh, Lady Sophronia will join you. Cool. Just gliding over. You fought exceptionally well. 
you hear Citra say from across the room. <laughs> weird. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. Hals is like, that's very interrupting of our dialogue. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right. You're like in the middle of the thing, and then suddenly there's just like a flash, and it's like, you fought very well, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> sorry, I can't really do anything about that part. Oh, sorry, Hollis, I forgot. That's fine. Says Citrig. <laughs> yeah. Su- Sudi will just uh, turn to Lady Sophronia. You're quite the formidable warrior yourself. It's, uh, it seems unlikely that you fell to anything in here, given your strength. She glances about, simply shakes her head for a moment, and just sighs. She does incline her head, you know, so that she's not interrupting speaking with Citra again. And, uh, yeah. You know, acknowledgement of your uh, your praise. Why, why don't you go give Sudi the necklace so that he can talk to her while we're over here? <laughs> I guess we can. Does it work like that to where we can just trade the necklace around? Yeah, anyone can carry the necklace. I'm still for Narmer wearing the necklace. No. (laughs) My gosh. No. I figure Citra calls over to Sudi. Sudi, do you want to wear it for a minute so that uh, we don't have this strange conversation happening? Sure. Until I walk over and grab the necklace and put it on. (laughs) Sophronia smiles at Citra. I figure it's just easier that way. Thank you. You're very welcome. Says Sudi. That's <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Now you're going to talk to yourself. I know. It's going to be weird. Let's be honest. He probably talks to himself a lot because he's up by himself at night all the that's time. True. He's got to converse with... So- well, actually, no. He's had Narmer recently. Yeah, so yeah I was going to say. He just talks to Narmer most of the night. <laughs> in like hushed whispers so as not to wake everyone else up. Yeah. I feel like Narmer is probably going to start dressing like Sudi soon. Oh. I mean, he kind of already is because he's got his little pharaoh hat on. Yeah, I've got Narmer, a pharaoh hat Narmer on. Narmer has know? his little pharaoh outfit. Yeah, but yep, he's had a little that. catfish man, and I'm a little cat man. So, you know, <laughs> there we go. Sometimes a big cat man. As a reminder, Sudi is five foot four. He is a little cat man. Unfortunately, there were, the cult was very powerful in my day. We came in here and we fought to the best of our ability, but not all of us obviously escaped. I was not alone out of those of us that fell. But you were the only one to remain. I never knew why. I, she in a very almost, I guess for lack of a better term, like humanizing moment, sort of just shuffles her feet, glancing down. I used to, I'd become angry with myself for staying. I sense an evil here, but I don't know if it is Nanuraset. Who or what is Nanuraset? Leglabrazu. You know its name? I know the name that the cultist said. Unlikely that it was its true name. Mm. But oftentimes, outsiders will give a name. So this Glaberzu was around even a hundred years ago. It was he that slew me, crushed me Mm. in his pincers. I hesitated. I mean, there is nothing wrong with hesitation. Everyone hesitates now and again, even in battle. She shakes her head. In life, I would live in two worlds. Nobleman's son, a, a holy paladin. Did she just say nobleman's son? We know she's mm-hmm. gender fluid. Oh, right, right. The faith of Sarenre has some contradictions to it. When I came here, the cultists had recently abducted from one of the, the people, the tribe's people, that traveled the sands near here. Perhaps the same tribe as your friend, I don't know. When we arrived, they were planning more sacrifices. My brothers and sisters rushed forward. If you could not tell from the previous chamber, we had powerful priests with us, able to incinerate entire rooms if necessary. I 
was torn between aiding my brothers and sisters and freeing the prisoners. Mercy on one hand, purification on the other. Nanura Set took advantage of that hesitation. It struck faster than I could imagine. It moves with a speed and grace unnatural for a creature its size. I managed to get at least one good blow on it, but I'd already been weakened from fighting all the way to this point. Every step down the hallways was one in blood and fire. And that one can only go so long before a mistake is made, even unintentional. Yes. You are a powerful warrior. Your friends are as well. Whatever you do, do not underestimate this creature. While perhaps its ability to tempt mortals with its wishes is its most powerful. In my dying breath, I saw what it was able to do. In its last few moments, it could, with a word, disable a warrior. With a gesture, send warriors plunging into the sky, create confusion around it. It also possesses powerful illusions, capable of disguising its own true nature. Do not trust anything that you see here. We have never faced an enemy so powerful as that. So that is on a completely different level than our previous encounters. We will definitely have to be wary. But we will prevail, because we have to. I was fortunate that others succeeded where I failed. But not in defeating the Glabarzu. No, but perhaps I can rectify that mistake. With your aid, of course. Yes, and from what we were told, they did manage to seal it away somehow. So it was not for nothing. There was some victory that day. The irony is, is that honestly, as, as mindless as demon-worshipping cults seem to be, people bit purely on the pursuit of power. They are often concerned with their own protection and safety. I doubt very seriously that my brothers and sisters were responsible for binding it here. They would have not stopped until it was destroyed. More likely than not, the cult itself bound it to this place. Hmm, it's possible. It will try to garner your sympathy. It will try anything. It is a master of lies. But I will keep watch, unlike I did last time. With my eyes, I can see evil, even if it tries to hide from me. I was preoccupied before, but this time, I do not blink. She states that as fact, looking up at you with her undead eyes. I was going to say, she doesn't need to blink anymore. And we'll be ready as well. We know it is here, and hopefully there will be magics we can use to pierce its lies. Or just make really good will saves. Yeah. She smiles, nods. Sudi carries on a conversation with himself off to the side. <laughs> and she would honestly ask some questions pertaining towards Phrasma and whether or not that she's going to face any penalties for having stayed on as an undead creature, even if it was unwillingly, whenever she has to go to the boneyard. As a whole, like, intellectual, I was, was going to say, that's, that's probably one of them, but, like, the more interesting things is when you stick around for a good cause mm. versus yeah. you're just, like, uh, too afraid to die and all that jazz. Right. Sudi gets out his little book. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I do have a holy text of Phrasma. Yep. So Sudi off to the side, getting to... Uh, we see in sub subline A.72, it states, blah, blah. Uh, unfortunately, when she does go to the afterlife, she will have to attend a seminar. But other than that, she's good. <laughs> <laughs> Hollis, looking around, you don't see anything of uh, major interest immediately. I will need a perception roll from both Hollis and Citra. Um, I rolled a 14 for a 25. Nice. Cool. So <laughs> minus <tech>. four. <laughs> Technically, I'm only at a minus one because I have my bonuses. So. Yeah, well, the prayer's, the prayer's worn off. It only lasted for 
Oh. Uh, okay. Like 11 so rounds. So I'm at a minus three then. No, because I have a plus two luck bonus. Her luck bonus is only one. So yes. I'm at a th- uh, then that means I rolled an <laughs> 18. Yeah, I had it right. 32. Okay. 32. Going to be a lot of editing math out of this episode. Mm-hmm. You're the one who gave me four dang level three, and that's your fault. <laughs> I'm trying to feel sorry for you, but it ain't going to happen. Pity me! <laughs> and even with as well as uh, Citra just rolled there, I'll I'll give this to Hollis because this is a rare occasion that Hollis actually succeeded on oh, a perception what? roll. Hey, nice. Amazing. So, uh, Hollis, you're kind of looking around, looking through these bodies. Again, it seems like the only thing left in here are the bodies of the cultists. Obviously, the priests actually took the bodies of all of their fallen companions, uh, as far as the Templars of Serenray okay. are concerned. They also seem to have looted the bodies, mm. but you guess, do what you gotta do. Sure. They're fighting a holy crusade, they need funds. Gotta survive. You're moving between two of these points when your foot hits the ground. You know, your keen elven ear twitches. You kind of bring your foot up and hit the ground again. Probably at the same time that Citra like crouches down next to your foot as there's an almost hollow sound. I didn't trigger a trap, did I? Let me check. Don't move. Hollis is like real still. <laughs> did she? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. 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 Both of you can tell that, no, it looks like this... There's a flagstone immediately behind the statue that can be lifted up. Ooh. No, it's not a trap, but it is hollow. There's something here. What'd be great is a secret passage that leads us out of this sphinx and in this sphinx so that we can come and go as we so desire. I think that would be wishful thinking, but it would be nice. You know what? <laughs> every Every real thing starts as a dream. I think. I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't you? I mean, we're pretty close to the edge right now. Couldn't you just disintegrate through the wall? I, I don't have any more of them for the day, but yeah, I mean, typically. <laughs> Feels bad, though, because it's just like a monolithic, like, fancy building. I'm an archaeologist. Yeah, it kind of goes against your creed. <laughs> uh, if you wish to lift this stone slab up, you can. It would probably take the two of you. The slab itself is about three feet wide and about five feet long. Holy moly. Oh, okay. it's bigger than I thought. Oh, okay. It's about 300 pounds, so. Come on, we can do this. I mean. <laughs> you can call over Sudi. No, you're talking to the lady. We're, we're, you're busy. I'm talking to lady. To the lady. With with some trial error, um, Citra whipping out a crowbar and prying it under there. Yep. You managed to push this aside. Masika probably glancing over her shoulder a little bit annoyed because like, it's right behind her now while she's trying to study this mirror. <laughs> Inside is an empty hollow, almost empty. Hmm. It just contains one empty sack. Detect magic on the sack. It appears to be magical. A magic sack. I pick the sack up. Is the sack itself magical or is something in the sack magical? It appears the sack itself is magical. Hmm. Hollis, what do you get taking uh, 10 on a uh, spellcraft? Uh, 31. 31? 13. Citra, you are unable to identify it. (laughs) Citra would have to roll. (laughs) Yeah. Hollis, however, you are able to identify this as a bag of holding type two. Nice. Fancy. A bag of holding opens into a non-dimensional space. It's uh, inside. It's larger than its outside dimensions. Even pulling this bag out, it is hefty. The bag itself weighs 25 pounds. However, it can hold 500 pounds or 70 cubic feet worth of material. Hollis reaches Sweet. in. It actually is a 70 foot like cube thing. So you place it on the floor and then more or less like bend in at the waist to dig, dig around. around inside of this like giant cube inside of it. Doing so. Ooh, stuff. 
You kind of, you fish around there. Hollis pulls out a great sword, sets it off to the side, pulls out a potion belt containing three potions, sets Wait, it literally? off to the side. It would be great if those were some restorations. Yeah, yeah, there's a great <laughs> sword, uh, three potions in there. You look back, back inside of there, you don't immediately see anything except for like kind of shoved into the corner inside of this bag, if a bag can have a corner. You reach down, you fish around. So he probably glances over his shoulder curiously as like one of Hollis's like cowboy boots is kicking up in the air as she's digging around <laughs> trying to get to this thing. You then pull up a fist size square ceramic tile painted oh. with the image of a coiled snake. Oh, we got tile Another number tile. two. Y'all, we're going to be doing us a tile puzzle later. <laughs> Everyone's excited but Heather. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, tile puzzle. It's, it's a puzzle. <laughs> also taking 10 on your spellcraft check, you can identify these items as a plus one greatsword. Huh. Nice. Nice. A potion of displacement. Oh, rad. A potion of fly. Ooh. And a potion of rage. <laughs> I'm going to give that whole you belt of potions to Citra. I, I think you should keep the potion of displacement. I can just cast Displacement. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> then yes, Citra will take the belt of stuff. And there's also Fly, and like, y'all can figure out who carries it. I don't know if anybody wants to rage, but I've seen some barbarians. They can do some some nonsense. Sudi could definitely use the potion of Fly to like get up in somebody's grill if they're flying, <laughs> flapping around. Narmer can rage. Hollis <laughs> <laughs> is like, I could give it to Sugar. She's pretty mad a lot. <laughs> But it wouldn't do anything. It could just be the so, same old chicken. Does anybody angry. else want the potion of fly or is that going to be mine? I mean, Masika can mm. just fly. I mean, yeah, I, was, I didn't think you were going to really put your hand in for that. So I have a scroll of fly, so if okay, you want the cool, potion, I'll that's fine. That. Sudi should probably also carry the bag just based on its weight. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And based on the fact that I also carry all of our loot. To put it in perspective, guys, we have not sold loot this entire book, so we got a lot of loot. <laughs> I bet you <laughs> need this bag. to the bag. This is one of those, like, yes, I, I not only want it, I need it. <laughs> Hollis throws it at you and says, think fast. Yeah. It goes slightly off course. Well, and Sudi, Sudi stumbles because he's expecting just a bag, and suddenly he's got 25 pounds launched at him. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot heavier than I would think for an empty bag. It's, it's a big it's bag. magical. <laughs> Why is it bigger on the inside? Magic, son. Did you not see me? I was halfway in this thing. I can see why you are in it. I could practically, like, sleep in here. You shouldn't, though. There's not enough air. There is oh. enough air for 10 minutes for a medium-sized creature. Mm-hmm. Wow. 10 minutes, but then you'll suffocate and it'll be bad. Well, also, Sudi breathes really slow, so it probably lasts a longer time than that. Oh, true. <laughs> so, yeah, fun fact. So, 10 minutes of air, but Sudi, with his key metabolism, can hold his breath for an hour per constitution score... I have a 16 constitution. I can hold my breath for 16 hours. Okay, next time we have to go to town, we put Sudi holding his breath in the bag. Because <laughs> he's got the mask on the bag and holding. he's the most conspicuous, right? Uh, well, I guess Masika's pretty conspicuous. And so then we're just like some folks. We don't have a cat folk with us. We're not those doorkeepers or whatever. Oh, I thought Jessica was saying the next time we have to teleport, I'm just going to tell everybody into the bag and then teleport us wherever we're going. <laughs> oh, that would I mean, also technically, work, that's but... a way to get around the limitation, isn't it? I was thinking more like sneaking around bit. Sothis. We just put Sudi in the bag so that we're a little... Or Sudi and... Oh, well, Masika has to breathe. Anyway, we put Sudi in the bag and then we're a little <laughs> less uh, noticeable. Yeah, if somebody tries to steal your stuff, Sudi just springs out of the bag. <laughs> Surprise! Uh-huh, and kicks him in the face. Ha-cha! <laughs> As you're looking this over, um, Masika, looking over this mirror, 
taking a second to take it in. It appears to be a scrying mirror. You think it's somehow connected to the magic of the pool you found before. Almost as if this is a communication point or something like that. Again, that pool would have been close enough that anyone coming in through the one entrance to this place would have been detected. And then they could alert elsewhere. Looking this over, you can tell the magic is still functioning for this. It looks like whenever whatever happened here, you take a glance back towards all the skeletal remains happened. It looks like they activated it to contact someplace. For lack of a better term, it's still connected. And that if you spoke the activation words that you learned from your legend lore on the pool, you should be able to look out on the place that it last connected to. Masika ponders this for a second, shrugs her shoulders, and says the words. Nice! (laughs) I was like, ooh, scrying mirror? I'm going to sidle up after I've done throwing my bag to see what you see. We should take this off the wall and put it in that big sack we just got to. Uh, I don't know if it comes off the the wall. Anything comes off the wall if you try hard enough. Unless it's got a, you know, permanent sticky charm to it. (laughs) That is a spell. Permanent sticky charm. It's a fourth level spell. Mostly a Harry Potter reference. Yeah. For uh, Sirius Black's mother. Boom. There you are. I was joking. Somebody got really? it. Really? You didn't think <laughs> I was going to get the Harry Potter reference? I am offended, Jordan. I was I bringing offended. it back to Pathfinder. Y'all are weird. Tee-hee. Offended. Masika, you stand in front of this. Position yourself. Speak the words. The view from this mirror changes from this room to almost as if you're on a point standing up on a pedestal. You then, of course, recall that the other scrying devices, they all look out through depictions of a Reshkigal. This one appears to be no different. Hmm. From here, you can see out into a vast hall. The ceiling of this chamber arches upwards to a height of almost 50 feet. The ceiling above has been painted in dark blue and tiny lights twinkle in the darkness like countless stars. Near the center of the room, Pillows overflow from a shallow pit, maybe some 20, 25 feet ahead of you. A polished bronze shield lies atop a small round table rising above the center of this pit. As you look to the side, you can see long brass poles stretching from floor to ceiling. But as you look down towards the pit, you can see that there are four figures. Two of them wait patiently, watching both of them tall, lean, muscular men from the waist up, lions from the waist down, with wide wings. It's on the other side of those doors where the Moftet are hanging out. Possibly. One of them, however, the one that is pacing, seems to be speaking to the other two. As you focus on it, just to uh, double check, does uh, Masika speak Sphinx? <laughs> yes, I do. I picked that up not too long ago. You're welcome, because I probably taught you. (laughs) You catch him in mid-conversation, this tall, muscular figure. His face clean-shaven except for just on his chin, where he wears a pharaoh-like beard. Atop the top of his head, you can see that he wears a pharaonic headdress. And his wings are wide and dark. Unlike the other Moftet you've seen up until this point, his wings are black as pitch. His fur from the waist down seemingly the same. 
At his hips on either side, you can see that he carries two twin sickles. Large, golden, vicious-looking weapons. He's a little sooty Moftet. He's probably Rahi's evil brother. Oh, oh most yeah. definitely. He looks nice. like that. Rad. Whoa, cool. Now, those are some sickles, all right. Dang. Those sickles are longer than his arms. Yeah, those are big things. Those are. Yep. I'm not He's even sure if they consider too. sickles at that point or if they're just scythes with a candle. They're not Nope, they're sickles, apparently. Weird. I thought well, they were the kopeshes also. Depends on the artist. And even from here, you can see that he still bears the tattoos across his shoulders and arms and chest, the same as many of the other Moftet do. You can't catch everything that he's saying, but he seems to be questioning these two about movement. Something about the cultists. Something about the Girtibalilu leaving the Sphinx. Mm. How their time has come. How he'll displace the false pharaoh. You listen to some of what he's saying. However, your eye is actually drawn down to this pit, this mound of pillows, to the almost cherub-like face of a small child. It's the bee baby! From the waist up. (laughs) And a bee from the waist (laughs) down. Okay, we learned! Which answers our question about bee bee larva. Larva? Apparently she just looks like a child version of the other three, Ray. (laughs) I mean, that makes sense. (laughs) You would guess this girl to be no more than maybe three or four. Oh god, bee baby. Uh, Again, she has has plump cheeks. Bee toddler. A thick mane of just curly black hair. She watches curiously between these three carrying on this conversation. You don't think that she's registering anything that they're really talking about. (laughs) And every once in a while just turns back to a small collection of what to be scarab shells that she's then using to enact like little scarab battles between these scarab shells. (laughs) The figure pauses this tall, powerful Moftet before he cocks his head and looks straight towards the statue. Uh-oh. Masika cancels the vision, cancels the vision. Hang up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> With a gesture and a spoken word, the mirror goes dark. They'll probably think we're just the cultists. Hopefully they think we're the cult. Well, you can't know who's scrying on you. Exactly, yeah, but they do know they were being scried on, so hopefully they'll think it's the cult and not the interlopers that they've never well, met before. Well, if if, maybe if I canceled it quick enough, he might just think it was... Something oh, out of the corner of his eye. Yeah, being a paranoid for a moment. What was that? Oh, the, the Moftet. They they have the, the bee baby, and I guess they want to get rid of the cultists and the gear to Liblu and take over this place for themselves. Well, we yeah. already knew all of that. I thought the cult took the bee baby, so why do they have the bee baby? Because we already found out that the Moftet took the bee baby from the cult. Oh. And now we have oh, to take right. the bee baby from the Moftet. But she looks like a bee toddler. They sound like very irresponsible guardians. <laughs> they are. They're bad guardians is what she I Shira mean, they're says. kidnapping first off. So, I mean, I think that pretty much disqualifies <laughs> you as being good. Well, I mean, sure. First, don't kidnap children. Secondly, don't lose the children you kidnap. To another <laughs> evil cult. It's like, you know. I know. It's like really hard to ransom a kid that you don't have. Or whatever their plan was. I have no idea what their plan was with the baby. Can this look in other places in this? Well, it's like the, it's just, it's a connection like the scrying pool. We use that to look around, but. 
Again, people might be able to tell that they're being scried upon. I was just kind of curious why this, what this one was looking at since it's been activated all these years. Hmm. It's another temple area, right? They are probably trying to get reinforcements. Eh, possible. Probably. I mean, honestly, you're not entirely positive what that chamber was used for. It almost looked like some sort of uh, uh, observatory or something. Yeah. What did the door call it? I want to say reliquary, but that feels wrong. Yeah. No. Uh, I believe it was like the Hall of the Dead. Yeah. Mm. Something, Something ominous like sounding, mm. whatever it was. Yeah, the Hall of the Dead. Well, the only other room we have over here is the weird sealed room. I mean, do we want to tackle that given that uh, lack of life essence for some of us? No. Uh, in the Moftet, <laughs> no people are moving around. But they seem to think it's the cultist in the Girtab Lilu, right? Yeah. Which it is. Well, it's us, too. Oh, well, yeah, but, like, we're just four people. Five, I guess. <laughs> Five now. Mm-hmm. There are seven of us. Yeah, but Sugar stays in her bag, and Nama stays in your backpack. It's different. I'm not taking some fight to some demon. Well, technically, you're going to be there, but you're not going to be in the fight so much. But whatever. I'll be off to the side observing the situation. Well, I have no intention of throwing you at a demon. You will be safely tucked away. And I mean, I'll take it on if we need to. I was going to say, all we hear is backpack? Yep, I'm backpacking at my chicken. <laughs> I'm ready to spit in that demon's face. Just let me know if it has acid resistance. Oh, I have Maybe. two questions about them. I guess we should think about Glabrazoo while we sleep tonight. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten some hints of all the awful things it can do. Well, I was going to I was gonna go with special attacks and special defenses. Those feel like the best questions. You can also ask about what its spell-like abilities are. Well, I only have two. Super duper mucho mini spells. Although we've probably leveled up since then. I could maybe roll again. I have a feeling we're going to find that third tile, though, in the disc room. Heck yeah. I don't want to tackle it tonight. And we can do tile puzzle times. I can get everybody (laughs) patched up after I've rested and Narmer and I get to uh, do our thing. Okay. Yep. Oh, we'll have a new audience member. You're going to love this. He looks over towards the ghost. (laughs) Goodness gracious. (laughs) I guess we go back to that secret room to take a nap. Cool. <laughs> so I suppose the uh, the party, you make your way back out of this chamber, back out, open the uh, the door to the secret chamber, step inside uh, after a harrowing fight and knowing that you're now going to have to tap into some of your most powerful resources to get yourselves back fully up on your feet before uh, potentially taking on a Glabrazoo and a Colt and a Moftet with some really cool looking blades and some awesome mm-hmm. tattoos. Possibly and, uh, some And who knows issues. what they've been done because they've been, I don't know, I, I assume they've been using wishes or something to do something because that's why they're serving the Glabrazoo. Could be. Who knows? And whatever is behind door number three as far mm-hmm. as the uh, levitation portal. Disc room. Yeah. Disc room. All <laughs> of you uh, settle down to hang out for a while because none of you are actually tire- tired right now. You did only wake up like four hours ago after sleeping for eight hours. We've been through know. a lot. We're yeah, tired. We're level drained. I feel like we're tired. <laughs> you're physically tired, but you're not mentally tired. Mm. But uh, yeah, you settle down to uh, to chit chat, to discuss some plans and all the rest of that under the watchful gaze of the Paladin of Serenre. And you know what? We'll pick it up here next time. Ba-da-da-da. Down four levels. I hate sleeping it in sucks. dungeons. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's always a bad sign, like a bad job, so this is going to be a decision test. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. 
Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.